0: Every yes is a no to other things. If I say yes to covering a case that's not going to make me any money, I'm saying no to a productive afternoon. You think, you know, you need to take every case and that's an albatross. You're going to drown with those bad cases. So really keep being selective and, and don't sell yourself short and in the long run it'll pay you off.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Answering Legal's Everything Except The Law Podcast. I am your host, Nick Worker. If this is your first time tuning in, this is the podcast where we share expert advice on all the parts of running a law firm that attorneys weren't exactly trained for back in law school. Now, today on the show, I am joined by Paul Campson, managing partner at the firm Campson & Campson. Uh Paul is in a very select group of people as he's not only been working in law for over two decades, but he has run a firm in New York uh, and New York City to be more specific for 22 years. So needless to say, he has seen a lot over the years and has a ton of wisdom to share. And We are thrilled to have him on the show today. Paul, thank you so much for being here. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, about your legal background? Sure.
0: So uh, I've been a practicing attorney for 32 years. Uh, I'm married uh, to an attorney. Um, we actually met in court. Uh, we've had our own law firm, Campson and Campson, for 22 years.
1: That's awesome. How did you meet in court? Where were you were you were you facing each other?
0: Well, um, I of course had the plaintiff, as I always do. Um, she was the third party defendant, so she represented the my client's um, employer. So we aren't exactly adversaries, but we really aren't on the same side either.
1: Like that sounds like my marriage, so
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: So I mentioned in the opening, uh, you've run a personal injury firm in New York City for, for over two decades, uh, obviously not a small accomplishment um, to, to understate it. Uh, what would you say has been your, 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 your secret to longevity uh, working in the, uh, in the legal profession for so long and in, in, in the most competitive market?
0: Sure, um, well, it really is. There's a, um, there are so many really good uh, lawyers I think the key in 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 New York, uh, I think the key is to be able to adapt and uh, roll with the uh, with the with the punches, uh, and try to see what's coming down the pike. You know, uh, the COVID litiga- litigation was crazy. Uh, asbestos was crazy. Currently, now there's a lot of um, uh, mold infestation and toxic torts. That's that's a hot area. Um, so uh, you just gotta keep your uh, eye open to what's coming down the pike and make sure you're poised to, uh, to capitalize on it.
1: So the legal world obviously has gone through a lot of changes in recent years. Yes. Um, and so I, I know that you stay current, but what does staying current mean to you? And, and what have you done during this time? Has your, have you noticed that your firm has had to evolve or adapt to any new working habits. Yes, so I mean,
0: <clears throat> to be successful in, in the law business in New York City, which is cutthroat, and but really any business, I think you have to be proactive. You have to continue to educate yourself and um, your potential clients. Um, so there's a lot uh, to, you know, reading all the local newspapers, watching the podcasts, watching the. Um, you know, uh, TV shows, the local news, uh, you know, there's something always happening and uh, it's happening to everybody in the city at the same time.
1: So, and this, this is pretty apparent for me too, because um, like if I'm talking to a lawyer who's interested in my service, I have to know about all the different technologies that they use. So I have to really keep up on things. Um, Something came across my desk today and they were, Somebody asked me, um, "Oh, can we use this platform?" To uh, we're working on new features, so everything is in alpha. And can we integrate with this? And I'm like, "Yeah, we can, but that's a competitor, so we don't really want (laughs) to." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, You know, (laughs) and uh, so I'm curious because it's been obviously New York is is I don't want to say things are scarce, but it's very fast paced. So in order to land a client, you have to move faster. So. Have you had to adopt any new technology or, or automate anything inside of your practice in order to stay? Yeah, current?
0: a great question, Nick. So um, even before COVID, we were um, completely paperless. We had everything scanned and cloud-based and everything. Really the last piece of the puzzle for us was making sure that we were contacting potential clients uh, in real time, because what happens is they'll see a commercial, they'll see uh, 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 hear a radio ad, a Facebook ad, whatever it may be, they'll call the number. And if you're not right there at that time, they're gone. They're on to the next attorney because the, 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 there's a lot of people out there. So um, the last piece of our puzzle was uh, answering legal, quite frankly. You know, to have the ability to be texted, called, and emailed. When a new client is on the phone is is a game changer um because even if i'm not available uh my wife dawn will pick it up a staff member will pick it up this client is uh, while they're on the phone they're being attended to and, and it's crucial
1: and everything is so fast-paced and we think like oh new york is so fast-paced but it really is everywhere um like uh and, and I talk about like process all the time, how you have to answer the phone and how this intake has to go this way. I've been talking about it for so long, but I've never uh, personally been in a situation where I needed to hire a lawyer until uh, last week. I got, uh, finally, I got my first ticket. <laughs> I'm not happy about it. I'm not proud. My wife is very, very angry because I was going yep. very fast. Don't do that. Uh, and I have, we know this lawyer uh, for decades. Uh he uses the service. He's got all this set up, so I call him up. I'm like, oh, so what do you want me to do? You want me to take a picture of the ticket and send it to you, and then you're gonna send me a retainer, and then I fill out the retainer, and then you go to the court, and if you have to go back, it's gonna cost me extra. He's like, Oh yeah, you know my whole my whole spiel. I don't even have to tell you. We were dying. It was so fun. Um and uh and he's one of those he was he was slow to adapt even. Uh like we've been friends with him for so long, and he was reluctant to use the service because he's I don't want to, you know, do business with a friend and this. So when you know, Joe, the producer, he he told me that you were coming on, I was I was very excited because I would like to hear from somebody who has really used all of the tools at their disposal. Yes. Um, and I know that. So I'm curious to see what you think of this, because this topic of remote work in the legal world um, has become so divisive. Yes. Um. So there are, there are a ton of firms, and I'm sure you know a lot of them who are, I let all my employees work from home. Yeah. Uh, they're great, they're productive. And then there's the others who are, I can't trust my employees to work from home. Uh, how do I know that they're working? Uh, it's gonna lead to a decrease in productivity and uh, it's gonna affect my bottom line. What are, what are your feelings about working remotely?
0: So we're, we're, we're big proponents of working remotely. Um, we have no employees, we have virtual assistants, Everybody's at ten ninety nine. There's, you know, we, we have physical office space. In fact, we have two, in Midtown and up in uh, White Plains. But um, I ninety percent of the time I'm working from my home office. I, I do meet clients in the office, but listen, if you can't trust your your employees to to do the the work, you need to get new employees. You know, and maybe figure out your hiring process. You know, wh- why'd you hire them or, or what have you? Having them in the office is no guarantee of productivity. It, it's really not. And and what COVID has taught us is, you know, let people work on their own time frame at their own pace. You know, um, one of the uh, virtual assistants we have is a, a stay-at-home mom with a young baby. You know, her, she's more productive at, you know, one o'clock in the morning when, when the baby's up. You know, and, and during the day, you know, she may be at the park or at the, the school. That's fine. As long as the work gets done, who cares, right? And and I think um, people are, should be learning that lesson. If they're not, then it's gonna pass them by.
1: I I like your point. And uh, so that's, I see remote work as um, if you can't, if you're not getting the productivity that you want, it falls on management. It doesn't necessarily fall on the employee 100%. because you have to be in communication to let the employee know what what's expected of them, and if they're falling. Sh- I mean, whose fault is it? I, I don't I don't see it as any other thing. I do like the idea. So I have um uh, a team that does the development, and they work at night. I love it because I get to come in in the morning, and there's a ton of work that got yes. done. And then i can like i can keep going i don't have to you know be in communication it's just they do it at night i come in i it's to me it's the best thing in the world uh uh, but you mentioned before that you use our company answering legal which obviously i think is uh like the best thing in the world and makes me happy um (laughs) so i want to talk a, a little bit about our relationship um your firm answering legal um can you tell us why your firm made the decision to not only reach out to an answering service, but what, what, the, what the process of getting started with us was sure.
0: like. Sure. So, you know, we had toyed with answering services and there are a bunch out there, like, like lawyers, you know, and they all have some, some good features and, and so forth. But um, we realized it was time to, to in, in order to really increase the productivity and to scale, we needed um, a company like Answering Legal. The onboarding was super simple. The I forget with uh, the first 30 days when we're trying to figure out what the price point is and so forth, that was 100 percent transparent. You know, we got a phone call, we went through the numbers. Everything was, you know, no surprises because nobody likes surprises. And um, th- there have been times when I've been in California and you know um, three hours behind uh, in New York and called up at three o'clock in the morning just for kicks. My, my office and there it is. Their answer, you know. So I mean, we, we you know we've put you to the test and 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 never had we've never had a drop call. And uh, just recently, we're in the process of integrating Answering Legal with our case management software, which I think is going to be really really terrific.
1: Uh, I'm so glad to hear that um, because the team has worked really hard on getting the integration set up. So it's very cool to hear that you're using that. That was an alpha for yes. a little bit. We will be right back after this short ad.
2: When a client calls, they're really looking for immediate service. Because we have Answering Legal, we're able to see every client message, and we're able to contact our clients immediately. My name is Margot Gaines, and I'm a partner at Gaines & Musico. We started using Answering Legal because we were unable to answer all of our phone calls. Answering Legal has allowed my firm to get hired on numerous clients that we never would have. We get messages throughout the night and on the weekends. Sometimes we're in court or we're dealing with other clients. And because of Answering Legal, my partner and I are able to address any client concerns or any new clients immediately, and it's really increased our business. Answering legal has allowed us to service our clients in a way that their needs are met and their phone calls are answered. And we're able to spend more time doing the things that are necessary for our clients.
1: To me, I'm a big proponent of people first. Yes. So uh, when I'm trying out a, like, a, like a company, I wanna know what the support is like. I wanna know what the people, um, I wanna know what the turnover is because I wanna know who I'm working with. Yes. You know? Uh, when I call in, I want to know that I have a re- established relationship, that they know what they're talking about when it pertains to my business. Um, otherwise, it's just, it's it, it makes it more difficult for me to get the help that I need. You know, so- it's
0: so funny, Nick, because just yesterday we got a phone call and um, the answering legal receptionist, um, you know, she, she called me, I picked up, I, I recognize the number I picked up, and she said, I've got a new case on the phone, but I don't you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think it's your practice area. Um, but you know, just if it is, let me know. It was a Lemon Law uh, case. It, it's not what we do. Um, but it was really interesting that she was dialed in and really knew what Campson and Campson does. So that was very edifying.
1: That's very yeah. cool. Uh, I hope that I'm going to find out who that was. I bet you I can look into that, find it and uh, yep. reach out to that person. So I want to ask you, because I think I, I have trouble with this too, is, um, I'm a big in-house guy. Whenever there's a problem, I want to learn how to solve it. Um, like I, I was going to coding boot camp yeah. at night because I wanted to learn how to like code my website. Cause I'm crazy. And I, I want to personally, I, I really am. I'm a control yeah. freak. Yeah. Um, so something like, especially for a law firm, because the lifeblood of your firm is the phone. Sure. Um, so like handing off that, that phone call to an outside service is like, I don't know. It's it's to me. It's like a leap of faith, and so I I don't take that lightly. I, I I understand, but I'm sure that a lot of lawyers out there feel hesitant to sort of outsource this this process. Why would you say reaching out for phone answering help is the right decision for your firm? Well,
0: I it's, it's, well certainly it was the right decision for my firm, but more importantly, I think it's the right decision for most every firm. I always thought that you know. I'm a trial lawyer. I stand up in front of a jury. I, I try to convince them. I ask them for money, right? I think you know. Uh, you have a certain way. You're personable, whatever. You're a people person, whatever that may be. I was finding, you know, and it's a slow uh, realization because it's a, it's a shot to the ego that I'm not great or as good as I think I was uh, on intakes or on the phone, right? Because. You know, if a client calls me and, you know, they've got a good case, I'm like, okay, yep, you got a good case. I'll email you the paperwork, we'll do this. You'll e-sign, we'll do that, and we're good to go. Um, they want much more, you know, um, and that's not, my wheelhouse It's not what I do. It's your wheelhouse and it's what you do. Um, so once I came to that realization that, hey, I'm not as good as I think I was, and you guys are better. Then, then why not? Only a fool would not take advantage of that.
1: That's really funny. Um, but I, I see it almost as the same thing, like uh, getting a traffic yep. ticket, right? I could I could go to court. Sure. I, could, I could try and talk to people. They don't want to talk to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. They're never going to see me again. We don't have a relationship. I don't know the ins and outs. I don't even know where I'm going. I don't Correct. know where to park, you know? Uh, so <laughs> it's like, let the experts handle it. Why would I not call somebody who's practiced in that field and allow them to handle it. I, so I like that, that yeah. metaphor that it's like, I think I'm really good, but maybe I'm right. not, and I think I'm a smart guy. I can go talk sure. to <laughs> I but also, do
0: it. Is it the optimum use of your time. Right. I, I right. mean, if, if COVID taught us anything, and even before then it's, you know, it's, it's time management, it's optimization of your time. I, I, I I'm not sure. I think it was Naval Ravikant who said, figure out what your average, what you're worth per hour, what you would build per hour. And let's just say it's a hundred bucks just to make up a number, anything that, you know, if you run to the supermarket or the dry cleaners and it takes an hour, if you could pay somebody 50 bucks to do those chores in that hour, you've saved 50 bucks and you can focus on growing your business and what you need to focus on. I'm not making money. I'm not here to serve my clients by going to the grocery store, right?
1: <laughs> I. I love that, that idea. Um, and people think people think of that as spending money. They don't think of that as allowing themselves to earn more money. Right. So in in the same breath, I know you said you have a, like you don't even really have employees. It's, it's sort of all outsourced aside from phone answering, um, what other tasks do you sort of delegate to outside agencies or, or hires, um, who are not physically in your office? um,
0: virtually everything uh they they've taken control of my email they've taken control of my social uh uh, media right they they um they schedule uh right from my email they put appointments into my case management system you know they proactively follow up with clients which reduces the call from the client saying what's happening with my case because we're proactively reaching out to them saying hey we're in court next week well We'll let you know then. This type of thing. So, um, virtually everything that I shouldn't be doing. I mean, I should be in court. I should be settling cases. I should be trying cases. I should be getting uh, talking to new clients after they've been signed up. That's what I should be doing: negotiating with insurance companies, talking to judges. I shouldn't be doing the other stuff. That, frankly, you know, I'm not great with an Excel spreadsheet. Right? That's that's not what I do. But I have people who are really, really great with that, and that's fantastic.
1: I think that's a really good example of uh of something that is a is a specialized like you definitely need somebody to work on an excel spreadsheet uh so I think this is a cool question um because I see you as a very forward thinker and very on the forefront of uh of this idea of doing what you're good at and then delegating other things to people who are good at those yes. things. So if you had the opportunity to communicate with your former self during the first year of running your practice, uh, what advice would you give yourself? Yeah, uh, the,
0: the, the advice I'd give myself is based on uh, a book that's really become uh, my mantra as I've gotten older. It's a book by Derek Sivers, who was a musician who uh, founded CD Baby and then sold it for $10 million, whatever he did. He has a book called Hell Yeah or No. And the question you always have to ask yourself is, is it either a hell yeah? Or if it's not, it's a no. Hey, do you want to go to one neighbor's wedding next summer? Hell yeah or no? And, you know, I think when you're younger, so to my younger self, I would say you have to say yes more. But as I go, grow older, you have to say no more because every yes is a no to other things. If I say yes to covering a case that's not going to make me any money, I'm saying no to a productive afternoon. Right. So, but also I would say to my younger self, you think, you know, you need to take every case and that's an albatross. You're going to drown with those bad cases. So really keep being selective and, and don't sell yourself short. And in the long run, it'll pay you off.
1: I love that advice for younger attorneys who do feel like they need to take every case, um, even if they know that it's, it's a, it's sunk. Yep. you know, um, so if anyone is listening to this um, and has liked what you said today, wants to connect with you further, where can they where can they connect so with you?
0: All over uh, social media. We have Better Call Paul. We have eight six six Paul Wins, uh, Camps and uh, You know, just the, our, our our phone number on social media at Camps Law. You know, LinkedIn, Facebook, everywhere.
1: Better Call Paul. Yeah, Better I, I love that. So, uh, in that on, on that note, Paul, I'd like to thank you so much wow. for joining me on the show today. Obviously, thank you to all of our listeners. Um, be sure to check out previous episodes on the show. But links to everything covered in today's conversation can be found in the description of this episode. Uh, so we hope you enjoyed this conversation, and we will be back with another episode of Everything Except the Law soon. Paul, Excellent. thank you again. Thanks, Nick. I really appreciate, appreciate it. it.